Thank you, Pablo, for that uh, very kind uh, introduction. Uh, and thank all of you uh, for the honor of speaking with you today. And let me also congratulate each and every one of you uh, on your tremendous victory today. Pablo, your leadership, congratulations. I'm proud to stand with you because I don't know of anyone who is working as hard as each one of you are to force the United States to live up and to fully honor its democratic ideals. Now think about this, organizers coming together is one of our greatest values. The pursuit of justice is one of our greatest values. Uniting for justice in the face of prejudice under threat of official reprisal against loud public condemnation is really what makes this nation great. And your organizing network and the work that you do to keep workers safe, to make sure that a wage promised is a wage paid, and to unify isolated workers, all of that embodies the very best of our values, and I applaud you on behalf of the 12 and a half million members of the AFL-CIO, each and every one of us applaud you for your efforts, for your hard work, and what you do to make this country a better place for all workers. You see, brothers and sisters, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my own personal story about immigration and work. As Pablo said, I came from coal country, from the mountains and the valleys of southwestern Pennsylvania, from a small town called Nemecola. And my father and his parents came to this country from Poland. My mother came to, or my mother's parents came to America from Italy. And the language here to both of them was foreign. And the rules were very confusing. The new immigrants were the last ones hired and the first ones fired. They were afraid to speak up when the bosses cheated them on their pay. They spoke a dozen different languages in my hometown. And the locals there had a, a dirty word for every one of them. And I've heard them all, and in fact, I've been called some of them from time to time. They said that we were taking their jobs, and we were ruining their country. Well, we saw to it that our, our union did not discriminate based on race, color, creed, or national origin. Some unions back then excluded blacks and immigrants but the United Mine Workers, my union, well, we all stood together. Not as immigrants or native-born. Not as white, not as black, not as brown, but as workers who shared a common fate. See, by standing together, those coal miners began to build a, a better life. Working in a coal mine back then was not a good job. People were killed, crippled, and maimed every single day. It was a terrible job. 
quite frankly, that's why those immigrant workers who came before me were able to get them, because they were bad jobs. The bosses were cheats. They charged us for the tools that we used. They made us do all the dead work for nothing. But today, those are good jobs now. Because we turned them into good jobs with our blood, with our sweat, with our solidarity, and with our union. See, when we stood together, we built the groundwork. We built the groundwork for the American middle class. We sent our organizers who built the unions of auto workers and textile workers and mill workers, machinists, meat packers. When we improved those jobs, we built a better life for all, for all of our families. And union workers lifted up everyone else in America as well. And when we sent our children to college, America got a better education. In fact, when I was head of the United Mine Workers, I negotiated education into our contracts. And I know that education is the number one issue for Latinos. It always has been, and it always will be. See, brothers and sisters, we didn't just build America's bridges and highways and high-rises. We built good jobs. We built a future for ourselves and our children. We built prosperity in this country. And let me tell you, your organizing work, your organizing network is building this nation again. See, when you lift up yourselves and your families, you're lifting up the entire country. And God bless you for it. And I feel lucky to stand here before you uh, and beside you. See, you, brothers and sisters, immigration work, immigration policy is work policy. Six years ago, you joined us at the AFL-CIO in a partnership. Pablo and John Sweeney stood side by side in Chicago and promised to work together to fix this nation's broken immigration system. And we've turned back some very horrible legislation since then. And we've kept up the struggle together to make sure that workers' rights, your rights, all of your rights are recognized and respected. So over the past six years, the labor movement and the National Day Labor Organizing Network has stood shoulder to shoulder, arms locked in solidarity. More and more, we've come to see that work connects all of us. See, we're working with the day laborers in New York, New Jersey, and Texas, and California to build unions. Day labor centers in Washington State have joined the AFL-CIO and are bringing the best of our movements together, bringing your creativity, and courage, and strength, determination, and our experience and our political power, joining all of them together. In about three months, we're going to celebrate May Day as a day to recognize 
the rights of immigrants, and the rights of workers. Last year, for the first time, the labor movement joined hundreds of thousands of immigrant workers around the country in celebrating May Day as Immigrant Workers Day. This year, we'll stand together again. But I'm talking about more than just a rally. The AFL-CIO is embracing the future of America's labor movement. We're joining together with you to transform this great nation. We'll celebrate the brave men and women who came to this country, who struggle here for a better life because America draws its strength from that very struggle that we put forth. Brothers, You see, brothers and sisters, it's our job to honor our own rights as workers. And it's our responsibility when someone tries to deprive us of those rights to lock arms, to resist it, to refuse it, to push back against it. And it's our obligation never to allow that to happen in our presence without pushing back and fighting against it. It's not good enough to condemn it with lip. We must condemn it with deed as well. And as president of the AFL-CIO, I stand with you to beat back the enforcement of anti-immigrant initiatives on the state and the local level that are a threat to the rights of all workers. We oppose armed vigilantes like the Minutemen who are terrorizing and even killing some of America's most vulnerable men and women and children. That's a violation of what America stands for. It's wrong and we will condemn it and fight against it until it is a bad memory in the past, right? And we'll continue working with you to fight back against the terrible inhumane state laws that were passed in places like Arizona and Georgia and Alabama. And let, let me tell you, it's no coincidence that rogue state officials like those in Arizona and Alabama who passed America's worst anti-immigration laws have also targeted unions at the same time. It's the same fight against all of us. See, that's just another reason why we must stand together. Brothers and sisters in California, the labor movement has supported the Trust Act and will continue to do so. We oppose E-Verify in its current form. We see it for what it is, the latest version of the raid on the workplace. Now, they don't need dogs or helicopters or police cars anymore because the current E-Verify is a tool to attack workers and to terrorize communities. We oppose any and all immigration enforcement-only programs like secure communities. We need a legalization program, 
And I promise you that we will continue to fight for a fair program until everyone, everyone here has the right to citizenship and the right to a better future and a right for our children and their children. And I want to take a moment to recognize the outstanding work that you've done to put a spotlight on secure communities. See, your activism and your voice has made the governors of New York and Illinois and Massachusetts reject secure communities. You made the federal government take notice. And when Janet Napolitano set up Secure Communities Task Force, not surprisingly, Endelon wasn't invited. See, I don't think they wanted to hear your voice there. But we were invited. And the labor movement spoke for all of you in that task force. And we made it clear to them that your voice and our voice were one voice, not two voices, one voice. And when we saw the weak report that that task force would reflect not reflect the needs of workers, of all workers, we stood up from the table and we resigned, calling it for what it was. We wouldn't put our name on it. We wouldn't put our name on it because we know that immigration law today is just a tool to divide and to hurt working people. We know all too well what the selective enforcement of immigration law does for workers who are trying to form a union. Just a few miles from here at Panoma uh, College, 17 workers who have been organizing to join Unite Here Local 11 Food Service and Restaurant Workers Union were fired for not having proper work documents. This is a clear case. The National Labor Relations Board found that the college targeted and punished workers who wanted to form a union. See, brothers and sisters, we know how to stand together. And we know how to fight back. And that's what we're doing. America's labor movement has partnered with worker centers and others in cities from San Francisco to Miami, in Illinois and New Mexico, Massachusetts, to pass and enforce laws against wage theft, and it's working. It's working. Here in Los Angeles, we're working with Endelon and other worker centers to pass wage theft law that will hold employers accountable and secure the wages that you work so hard for. I don't need to tell you about wage theft. You live it. But I want to tell you about Jorge, who was hired on a street corner of North Chicago for roofing and demolition work. $400 for four days work. The work's dangerous. The work's unsafe in many instances. But he needed the job. But after four days, the contractor paid Jorge $300 and then vanished. 
be with the help of the Latino Union of Chicago. Jorge is filing a case against the contractor with the Illinois Department of Labor. See? We need this campaign to go national in a big way. Let's make a commitment to each other. Let's make it happen. Let's pledge that we won't stop until every worker gets a fair day's pay and gets the pay that they deserve every day. Right? Let me tell you one other story. When a young man named Rosalino Velasquez quit his job at a pizzeria in New Jersey last year, his boss owed him $600. He tried to collect it by himself, but was turned away. He tried with his uncle, but the owner simply said no and walked away. Then he went with organizers and activists with new labor and a bunch of flyers and the owner paid him 300 of the $600. Finally, Rosalina filed a case with the New Jersey Department of Labor for the rest. You see, this is how far an employer will go to avoid paying a promised wage. But when you and I, when we stand together shoulder to shoulder, there's power in our union. There's power when we stand together like that. And it's big enough to transform this country, including every storefront, every street corner, and every parking lot where workers wait for a job. And let me tell you that when you stand up and demand your rights, and when we stand together, we're all stronger, and we're all better for it. See, you're empowering yourselves, and you're empowering your families and this country, just as my family did years ago. You're critical to the future of the American labor movement, and you're rebuilding, and you're re-energizing the American dream with each and every one of your hard work. You're building opportunities for yourselves and all of those who will come after you. And when the DREAM Act passes and you send your kids to college, that's the future of America. Because I promise you, you, you are the future of America. And in our vision, America is a great country, a country where all families can work hard to get ahead so that our children and our grandchildren can have a better life. And the only way that we can build this vision is together. We know that. We know that unity is the answer. And that's how we'll turn bad jobs into good jobs. That's how we'll lift ourselves up and our communities. But no one and no one will do it but us. As Pablo says, poor people have never gotten anything for free. But when we rise up side by side, we can get what we need. We have what it takes. We can make a future when every single worker has the fundamental right to be treated with dignity, to put in a hard day's work, and to be rewarded fairly from it. That's the world that we want. That's the world that we deserve. That's the world that we can have. And that is the world that we will have. 
and the National Day Laborers Organizing Committee will take us forward. That's the future that you're leading. A new day is almost here, right? We're ready to embrace it. We're ready to defend it. We're ready to grow it so that everyone, every last worker, regardless of where they come from, how they speak, how they worship, what they believe in, can have a future that is secure and fair in a country where each and every one of us gets that fair chance. I stand with you, brothers and sisters. God bless you for all your hard work.